All right, welcome back to another episode of the Sex Masters Podcast. On this episode, I'm going to go ahead and talk about another disaster story, just as I have, starting off uh, the last few episodes. We all like hearing the funny tales, the things that just didn't go right. So in this particular situation, uh, there was a girl and her friend. And of course, you know, uh, at the time, you know, I was still a young guy, you know, I hadn't met my wife yet. And so, you know, the idea of two girls was always appealing, right? Always appealing. Anyways, we went through and they wanted to have a competition to see who was better in bed. And so what they did is they came and they got me and they took me to an abandoned house. That's right. These girls, you know, were such that, you know, for some reason, I always attracted the bad girls and, you know, the ones that were just always looking for trouble. Anyways, uh, they took me back uh, to an abandoned house and, you know, we were set to go ahead and get it on. They even planned it out enough that they brought the condoms. Right. And so in any event, we went through and this was in high school and things us, you know, were getting started and they were trying to one up each other. Right. They were always trying to figure out a way to one up each other to be the one who would win, the one who was the better lay, the one who was better in bed. So it started off, you know, pretty usual, you know, get naked and then you know, start off in missionary position, you know, well, of course, you know, I'm talking about after we got through the foreplay, you know, who was better at giving a blow job, yada, 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 started off in missionary position. Then it was okay. You know, getting on top, you know, who was better. And then, you know, doggy style. And then it was, you know, standing up and bent over standing up. Well, in any event, you know, this had gone on uh, for a little bit. And, of course, I was having fun. I was enjoying my time. You know, uh, in any event, you know, we took a little bit of a break. Uh, you know, needed to uh, recover just a little bit. You know, I left, you know, and then, you know, came back. And, you know, um, then they decided they were going to tie me down now. You know, and I'm like, okay, this is great. Now I really don't have to do anything but lay back and enjoy. So, anyways, uh, this abandoned house was still furnished, and there was a bed there. And so, they found some rope, and they went through and, you know, tied me down. So, here it is. I'm tied down to a bed naked. You know, I did trust the girls because I did know them. You know, and so, they started going through and, you know, uh, back and forth, you know, uh, taking turns and, you know, uh, getting on top, you know, riding me and such. Now, here's where things uh, broke down. While they were taking turns, you know, they would uh, take some time to step out and have a smoke or open up a window, you know, and have a smoke. And, of course, you know, especially in the, you know, more towards the wintertime in the cooler air when you're smoking and even if you're blowing it out a window, you know, people can, you know, see it. Well, the neighbor had seen that, you know, uh, there was activity in the house that they knew was abandoned, uh, saw the smoke, and came over, right? Came over. And so here it is, you know, uh, this grown woman, you know, comes through uh, the front door because apparently they didn't lock the door after they had broken into it, into the house. 
And, you know, this, you know, lady comes in, you know, uh, to the room and sees me tied down naked to a bed and sees a girl on top riding me. Now, here's what's worse. That grown woman was the mother of the woman (laughs) of the girl on top of me. That's right. That's right. There's a disaster story. So apparently, you know, this abandoned house was right next door to one of the girls' houses that was jumping on top of me and having a competition to see who was a better lay. And so here it is. I'm buck naked, tied down to a bed with her daughter on top of me, you know, having uh, riding me and her mother just staring in, uh, at me at, for a few moments and then going hysterical. Now, of course, you can only imagine what she may be thinking, you know. I mean, I'm a guy, so, you know, of course, I'm not going to say no. And, you know, I'm the one tied down here. So, you know, obviously, it's her daughter that was the aggressor and her daughter who, you know, came up with the idea. And, by the way, her friend is, you know, beside the bed, you know, waiting her turn, and she's buck naked, too. So this, so it was horrible because I'm buck naked, her friend's buck naked, she's buck naked, you know, riding my cock, and her mom had just bust through the door, right, of this abandoned house, you know, and so I'm just like, uh, I don't know what to do here, you know. Obviously, you know, uh, the mother uh, decided that she was gonna, you know, stay there, and she was gonna you know, make sure that we got dressed and she pulled her daughter out and make sure that me and the friend uh, also left. You know, she was not a happy camper. Needless to say, um, I wasn't any allowed anywhere near the house, not because of any restraining order or anything, but because, well, the mother just really had a very low opinion of me after that. And, you know, it was a long time uh, after that before her friend or before she was really able to get out of the house again and even be able to hang out, you know, after school or anything. I mean, you can only, you know, ground somebody for so long and all of that. And yes, we were in high school. And so, you know, that, that, that kind of put a damper on the moment, don't you think? You know, how many of you have had that problem where, you were, you know, getting away with sex, whether it was, you know, with a one night thing or, you know, with a girlfriend or whatever. You were back in high school, you know, you thought you were in a safe place and then the parent walks in, you know, and who was it? Was it the mom or the dad? And was it the guy's mom or the girl's mom, the guy's dad or the girl's dad? Now, luckily, you know, I'm glad it wasn't the father that, you know, had, you know, caught on to what was happening and bust through that door. Because I can only imagine what the father would have, how he would have reacted seeing her, his daughter on top of a guy tied, you know, who she had tied down to a bed. So that is kind of the disaster story that we have starting off this week's episode. All right, so let's go ahead and get into today's episode. You know, one of the first things people think of when they start thinking about the idea of spicing things up in the bedroom is bondage play, right? Now, some of you would go straight to role-playing and dress-up, 
But a lot of you will go in and start thinking about bondage, bondage play, you know, handcuffs, uh, strapping you down to the bed, bondage tape and ropes and all of that. And, you know, to be honest, yeah, all of that is really quite fun. It allows you uh, to flip back and forth, you know, on various nights of who's the dominant one in uh, control and who's the one who is submissive at the mercy of the other person. However, understandably, when it comes to bondage play and all of that, women can be, well, a little hesitant uh, about it, you know, and because of the way it may make you feel. Because some of the hesitation, you know, is giving up, you know, any control over your body during sex. You know, can you really trust the guy or is he going to go through and try and slip it in your ass? You know, that is one of the things uh, that, you know, you have to gauge uh, when you first start taking a look at bondage play and bondage sets, you know, is going through and taking a look at how much you can trust your guy and setting down the ground rules before you start, you know, getting into it, you know, like making sure that, you know, you have safe words, depending on what type of things that you're using, making sure that each of you know exactly what is off limits. You know, if you really don't like it being stuck in your butt, you got to make sure that, you know, that you've communicated before you start getting tied down and everything that you do not want it in your butt. And guys, you know, for those of you who are listening, if a girl goes off and agrees to get into some bondage play, letting you tie her down, if she says something is, you know, a hard no, completely off limits, then it's a hard no, completely off limits. Don't even try. I know, you know, she may be at your mercy uh, at the moment, but chances are she would not try it again. And guess what? She'll be pissed off at you for quite some time afterwards if you ignore and violate her hard nose. And one of the reasons why you got to respect that is because, well, first of all, you got to respect her. But another thing is, especially when first getting started off, you know, she's not going to be all that comfortable starting off in bondage play. Why? Because there is that feeling when you're no longer have control, you're tied down, you're at the mercy of someone, you know, even though you've agreed to it, you've planned it out, you know, and it's all consensual, there is still kind of that feeling of, you know, or that potential feeling of kind of a rapey scenario where, you know, she may be feeling like, you know, at the first couple of times that it would be similar to being raped. And so if you're tying her down, she's already having some of that, you know, feelings and some of that thought and you're violating her hard nose. Well, you just violated her and she's going to hold that against you uh, for quite some time. And she should. But you're going to have to go off and make sure that you talk everything out and have communicated what is off limits clearly and all of that to get past that feeling of not having control over your body, not having, you know, uh, control of the situation and being in a situation that is, although consensual, has somewhat similar feelings are, you know, you know, are such to a, a, a rape scenario. All right. So you're going to have to have a lot of trust and communicate everything up front. And by the way, 
when it comes to anything regarding sex, there should be a high level of communication with your partner. Whether you're a woman, you know, talking to your man or a man talking, you know, uh, to, to the woman of your life. You know, you should always have a high degree of communication, you know, when it comes to sex. And women, of course, you need to make sure that you're willing to engage in conversations regarding sex. This is not a situation in which you get to say, I don't know, what do you want to do? Or whatever you want to do, honey, or, you know, anything else that you do uh, to avoid answering a question when you have little uh, self-esteem or self-confidence in the situation. Or, you know, maybe you're just kind of one of those people who is a pleaser who is more concerned about pleasing your partner than you are about yourself. I mean, yes, that is a great partner uh, to have, the person who is a pleaser, but, you know, if you're agreeing to or letting them do stuff that, you know, you yourself really do not like and makes you resentful, your lack of communicating that is your fault, right? He's not a mind reader, so you got to make sure that you communicate very carefully what you want sexually in any situation. Now, bondage is not a one-way street, right? You take turns, right? So when you go through, you're going to be uh, playing the role of the person tied up, and you're going to play the role of the person doing the tying up of the other person. You know, this shouldn't be a situation where, you know, every time you as a woman are the one being tied down, giving up control. You know, as fun as that can be, sometimes, you know, us guys, because of, you know, society and, you know, how everything goes, we don't always want to be in control 100% of the time. Sometimes we want to be able to lie back and be the ones uh, being ravished uh, by the aggressor. I mean, we go through life and we're constantly, as guys, being looked to to be you know, leaders in control, having to make all the decisions. Sometimes we just want to be able to not have to make a decision and just do what you women tell us to do. So do not go into bondage play thinking that you're the one that's going to be tied up each and every single time. No, 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 no. You're going to have to plan out being the aggressor. And there are many different ways uh, to start out. And I would say start out lightly. I wouldn't go with, you know, uh, BDSM where you get a uh, mask and choke balls and, you know, or gag balls and collars right off the bat. No, you, you want to work your way up to that. And so I would start with a bondage set. And if you look in the links in the description below, um, I provide, you know, my, me and my wife's recommendations uh, for, you know, a bondage set. You know, you can get it off of Amazon, right? And yes, it is an affiliate link. So if you purchase anything, you know, uh, that leads you to Amazon from the uh, section and the show notes below that says wife's recommendation, that is an affiliate link and there is commission, but I am providing things that me and my wife do in fact recommend. Right? So anyways, you start off with a set, you know, something that, you know, starts off, you know, you go goes under the bed, you know, tying down, you know, the straps, you know, for your hands and your feet. And, you know, me and my wife, we've agreed that, 
you know, the tying down the feet, uh, doesn't, uh, necessarily work because it doesn't really, you know, provide the flexibility for different, uh, positioning and such, you know, um, so we just tie down our hands, right? And, you know, so you start off with just being tied down, right? Or, you know, you could start off with being handcuffed, but handcuffs can be somewhat uncomfortable or hurtful on your wrist, especially if you're handcuffed behind your back and yet you're still in the missionary position. I mean, that, that itself, you know, uh, can hurt. So you might not want to start off doing that right away. And then as you go through and see how well you like it, you start adding more things to it. You know, you start adding the blindfold in. You know, so now you're blindfolded and tied down and you're taking turns at that. And then you can get other things like a little spanker or, you know, one of the things uh, that I have that, you know, my wife just loves is it's this thing where on one end it's uh, some feathers and on the other end it's spanker. You know, and she really enjoys that, especially when she's tied down and blindfolded because she never knows when and where uh, that's going to happen and what end I'm going to use. Now, of course, when you're using a spanker, you know, uh, you know, you gotta, you know, be careful because that adds a lot more force. So you gotta, you know, figure out how much, you know, uh, oomph to put on it where it does enough to get your partner excited, but not so much that it starts causing physical pain. Right. And different parts of the body, at least, you know, when it comes to women, uh, requires different levels of sensitivity. I mean, when you go through and you take a look at something like uh, the nipples and, you know, uh, the clit, those are far more sensitive than, say, the butt. You know, when you go through and you start, you know, building that up. Now, as time goes on, maybe you start adding in, you know, the bondage tape, you know, for how you're going to be tied up in different positions, you know, arm behind the back, front, you know, uh, be you know, tied up against the wall, you know, you start going around and experimenting with where to tie your partner up at. You know, you don't just go ahead and assume that you're going to be tying each other down, you know, to the bed, you know, having, you know, a little something to, you know, tie you up, uh, you know, against the door, tie you up on a swing, tie you down on like a table and, you know, so on and so forth. Now, just a word of caution here. If you're going to tie each other up, you know, on a uh, surface like a table, you know, or a desk or something, um, be careful because that can feel really, really cold when you first lay down on it. I mean, you know, you get that shock wave of, ooh, brr, right? So you got to make sure that you are, you know, maybe taking a little bit of time to be you know, generous or understanding to your partner and making sure, you know, maybe to preheat or warm up, you know, whatever surface that you're going to be tying each other down to, right? So you'll go through and you'll start off slowly adding in one item and then, you know, adding more items and mixing and matching, you know, different items to slowly ease into it and figure out which combination of things you do and you don't like. I mean, you're not going to go straight on the first night tied down, blindfolded with a gag ball, uh, with a collar around your neck, pulling on the, you know, leash. 
I, that, that, that is not my recommendation for your very first time engaging in bondage play. All right. So then, you know, you can go off and you can add more things to the bondage play to make it a little more real, right? To make it, you know, a little more exciting. And so you can do role playing with bondage, right? So for instance, you know, if you're going to go through and use handcuffs or tying someone down uh, with rope, maybe that person uh, goes down to the local porn store and buys a costume of maybe a prisoner, a prisoner outfit. So, for instance, you know, let's say you women, you know, find out that you really like handcuffs, right? You, you like the feel of the handcuffs. So now you go down, you know, you grab a little, you know, prison out, outfit, you know, from the store, you know, you put it on and now he handcuffs you and he's marching you uh, into uh, the bedroom or to another, you know, room in the house where you're going to pretend that that's either the warden's office or you're going to pretend like that's your jail cell. And then he's going to take you right then and there, you know, uh, with that. And so, you know, you have the ability you know, as you ease into this to add in a bunch of layers on top of the bondage play and make it, you know, more exciting, more compelling, more, you know, rah, 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 right? So you, you got to be willing to go through that experimentation. Now, if you do like anal play, well, then you can go off and add even more, you know, uh, to it. You know, um, whether you're, you know, tied down, you know, face down, you know, um, you know, or adding in, you know, butt plugs and all of that, you know, to the situation, you know, to give full control over. I mean, think about it like this. You can put it in, uh, bondage, not just with dress up, you know, and role playing, but also, you know, and taking turns doing a master slave scenario. So, Let's say you've gotten into bondage, you've eased into it, you found out you like stuff, and now you're at the point where you're like, okay, bondage play. I'm going to put on the dog collar and, you know, you'll put on, you know, everything else. And so now, you know, you got a master slave scenario. You're wearing the dog collar. He has the leash. He's giving you orders like you're a sex slave. And then throughout the, you know, play, you know, uh, he's going through giving you orders and, you know, adding in bondage things, uh, to go ahead and restrain you while he goes off and has his way with you. Or, you know, you're the one holding the dog collar and you're giving him orders and then you're restraining him or, you know, having him do a bunch of different things, um, with that. I mean, you can really get a lot of excitement and a lot of variation into your sex play, not only by adding in bondage and going through and trying out all the different items uh, that you can use in a bondage set, you know, and in getting into bondage play, but, you know, you can really spice things up, mixing it with role playing, mixing it with master slave, you know, uh, sex games or, you know, mix all three of them together. So now, you know, maybe you're dressed up as a prisoner and you know that you're supposed to obey every command of the warden who, you know, leads you around, you know, um, you know, by having you handcuffed behind your back. 
with a dog collar leading you around to whatever, you know, room or part of the house that you're going to be tied up against. I mean, I take a look around, you know, right now and I see, you know, for instance, in my basement, I got, you know, some poles or beams, you know, adding as a support, you know, for the house. So what can I do with that? Well, I can go ahead, you know, and, you know, role play uh, like I've kidnapped, you know, my wife or something and have her handcuffed uh, around that, you know, a uh, pole. Now, of course, I would want to add something so it's not so cold. And then while she's handcuffed around there, I can go ahead and, you know, uh, just have my way with her, you know, while she's handcuffed around the pole. Right. And so that is, you know, some nice, interesting and fun ideas uh, that we can get into in our role playing scenario and having so much fun. You know, so it's not just about getting the bondage set and having clear communication, but it's also about taking a look around your house for ideas, you know, uh, for, you know, scenarios uh, that you can play you know, especially outside of the bedroom. Now, if you are in a situation where you have kids of various ages and such, and, you know, you're not comfortable, you know, leading out of the bedroom, okay, so now you start taking a look at things that you can add into the bedroom. You know, uh, can you add in a, you know, a, a pole, like a stripper pole, you know, one that, you know, you can put up and, you know, take down, you know, at whim and then have that be something in which you tie up uh, your partner against and, you know, figure out what wall you would use to provide extra support. You got to think creatively, you know, uh, about this, you know, in order to keep it, you know, fun and exciting. Because just like everything else, once you've done the same thing so many times, it gets boring, right? It, it loses its excitement. It loses its edge. And so you got to be able to, you know, think of creative ways to keep things fresh, keep things new, keep it all, you know, experimenting for as long as possible. You know, and be able to have that rich, fully engaged sex life with your partner. And then, of course, as far as getting everything creative and imaginative, when you're out and about, you know, just, you know, on a date night or whatever, you start thinking of, you know, other creative places and ways in which you could have sex, like out in public or, you know, and, you know, figure it out, you know, maybe in the backseat of your car in the parking lot, can you get away with it? You can start having more risk and adventurous sex, you know, out and about. I mean, you know, think about it. If you're, you know, uh, you know, in your thirties or forties, having a cop knock on your window, finding out that you're having sex. I mean, <laughs> that's kind of, you know, one of those situations that would be kind of funny and humiliating, but, you know, when you go off and you start, you know, getting more creative with your sex life, you know, you start, you know, communicating and, you know, all more and more, you know, and you start taking more risks together. Oh, drop my pen. You know, and you start getting more adventurous together. And this all leads to, again, being able to connect more out of the bedroom on an emotional level 
and, you know, kind of being able to play and banter and feel more youthful longer in your relationship, you know, and being able to, you know, really bond and connect, you know, and being able to develop that, you know, emotional connection, then whatever you do outside of the bedroom, you know, is dependent upon whatever your interests are, you know, but think about this. If you start getting in, you know, to bondage and then start getting into kind of, you know, riskier, you know, um, you know, public places type sex, you know, think about, you know, you and your spouse being out and about, you know, on a date night or whatever. And you start going through and, you know, getting, you know, romantic and, you know, flirting with each other and all of that. And you start taking a look at going, imagine, you know, getting away with it over in that spot. Imagine, you know, getting away with it in that area or, you know, whatever, you know, you start thinking about it. You start having, you know, fun playing and teasing each other, you know, and, you know, again, you know, as far as it goes, it's really kind of hard for me to talk about all the things uh, that you could do and all the ways in which this will benefit you out of the bedroom because that is so, you know, basic uh, to what your interests are. I mean, I know what me and my wife are interested in. I know the type of things uh, that we do, you know, out of the bedroom and how we connect, you know, um, you know, emotionally in our relationship. But some of you may find that to be boring. Some of you may find that to be just the way you, you know, you want your relationship to be. I mean, it, and some of you may think, okay, I don't really have an interest in those type of things. You know, I'm just trying to sh- teach you here how to go from, you know, in the bedroom, you know, and spicing up your sex life so that you do get to the point where you can have that fulfilling relationship out of the bedroom as well. And while I say, ladies, you know, to be clear in your communications, and be very transparent about what you want, what you need, you know, uh, both emotionally and sexually. There is some, you know, point or at least some advantage to keeping them guessing a little bit. Now, let me make sure I define keeping them guessing, meaning that, you know, you go out and take the initiative to be more sexually out there you know, with him, you know, that you're going out and you're, you know, coming up with new ideas and you're the one coming up, you know, with all these, you know, different things uh, that you can do and such, you know, trying to be the one to push the boundaries in your sexual life, keeping him guessing like that, you know, will add to that excitement. And he will, you know, greatly enjoy that. And he'll always be wanting to spend more time with you, figuring out what you come up with next. So, yeah, I think uh, I just stumbled onto a great point as far as how to boil things down for you here. And that is, if in the relationship you have been the one who has been sexually conservative, bashful, shy, you know, the one who hasn't been outgoing, and then all of a sudden, you're starting to be the one that becomes adventurous and coming up with new ideas in the bedroom, in your sexual relationship, 
yes, it's going to get his attention and it's going to get him excited and it's going to get him, you know, thinking in so many ways about trying to figure out where you're going with this next. So you keep him guessing a little bit about what new idea you're going to come up with sexually. But when it comes to you actually doing it, you want to make sure that you are clearly communicating what is off limits to him and, you know, what it is uh, that you want to do and try. You know, so, yeah, going through being the, you know, conservative, bashful, the, you know, one who may be thought of as the boring one in bed and being the one who is being uh, turning things around to be the aggressor, trying out a whole bunch of new stuff. You, yes, that is a very effective way to get his attention because he's going to realize something's changed in you and he's going to be paying attention, trying to figure out what you're thinking, what's going through your mind, what you're going to come up with next. And whenever you start bringing up, you know, other things, you know, uh, you know, for, you know, date night and, you know, just get, getting some one-on-one -on -one time together, he's going to be, you know, um, you know, more willing to go through with it because he's wondering, what do you have planned? What's going through your mind? What are you going to do that's going to be adding more and more excitement into the mix? You're keeping his attention. Now, when you were single um, and dating, you knew how to keep a guy's attention, you know, because he was trying to figure you out. But as you got into the relationship for quite some time, things have gotten stale. You've become predictable. He knows, you know, you uh, fairly well, you know, what, you know, type of person you are. And so as you bring back that level of unpredictability and bondage is a great way, you know, uh, to start with that, you know, and, you know, role playing and dress up is a good way uh, to start with that as well. But if you really want to go through and, you know, add in that spice, you know, and shake things up quite a bit. That's going to get his attention, you know, really fast. You know, you need more than just an outfit. And that's where the bondage set comes into play. I, you went from being, you know, conservative, shy and bashful to saying, Hey, tie me down, baby. Yeah. His attention is going to be peaked and he's going to be wondering what has changed. And when a guy starts, you know, putting his thoughts into trying to figure out, you know, women, you know, what has changed, what's going through their mind, you know, what they have, you know, planned that's exciting. You know, he dedicates his full attention to try and figure that out. And he's willing to go along with a lot of things and a lot of situations because he's curious as far as where it's going to lead, what's going through. And, you know, that curiosity and that you know, unpredictability, you know, is a great way to get back his attention and keep and maintain that attention. Okay, so now that we've taken a few moments to talk about getting into bondage and mixing bondage uh, with some role playing uh, with dress up, now we get into the third facet here of spicing things up in the bedroom, which is dirty talk. Now, much the same way as Getting into bondage at first seems awkward and role playing and getting dressed up for the role playing seems awkward. If you're not used to talking dirty in the bedroom, then this will also be awkward in the beginning. I mean, think about it. 
you know, we tend to be raised in society to not speak a certain way. But when we go through and we take a look at this, how we act, you know, in general public or around friends and family is not how we're going to act in the bedroom. I mean, while we may want to act like we're all, you know, proper and, you know, uh, socially acceptable in the bedroom, this is where you let everything go, right? There's no holding back. And so when we go through here and we start talking about dirty talk, right, you got to be able to feel, you know, comfortable. And the first time you start saying things like, oh, your cock feels good, or the first time you start hearing, oh, man, your pussy just feels amazing, you know, you could be kind of thrown back if those are words that you don't really use a lot or you're not, you know, I guess, comfortable, you know, stating because you're going to feel silly at first. I mean, going through and saying cock or dick and, you know, uh, pussy versus vagina and, you know, all of that. I mean, it's going to feel awkward if you haven't engaged in dirty talk uh, before. Now, when it comes to dirty talk, you don't need to overthink it. This is where a lot of people get tripped up when it comes to trying to figure out how to talk dirty in the bedroom. They think that, you know, they need to be clever or original. No, no, no. Dirty talk is not about you know, having a script in front of you of things that you must say. No, talking dirty is just going through and trying to, I guess, be normal, uh, somewhat normal in your conversation where you're just kind of describing, you know, things like describing, you know, how something makes you feel. Oh, man, you know, that feels great. Your cock feels awesome in my, you know, pussy or, you know, whatever, you know, or, hey, I want, you know, you to do X with your, you know, cock in my pussy or, you know, whatever, right? Don't, you know, go through and overthink it because that's where you're going to get tripped up and feel like you can't do dirty talk is because, you know, you're going through, not only do you think you got to be original and clever when you first start, but then, you know, as you keep going uh, at it and you start developing more and more dirty talk, you start to think, wow, I got to be clever more often. You know, I got to think of new things to say because I'm only saying the few things over and over and over again, and that's starting to get a little boring. Right. Or that's starting to, you know, sound like I'm just, you know, stuck on, you know, uh, repeat. Right. And so, you know, you don't need to worry about being clever, worry about being original. You know, you just need to be comfortable using certain words as you go through and either describe how you like what the person's doing or what you want them to do, right? Or describing how things feel to you. That's as simple as dirty talk uh, needs to be, right? You don't need to go through and act like you're a porn star talking dirty for the camera. And that's another issue in which people get tripped up, you know, and trying to go through and be overly clever with their dirty talk is they might pull up some porn videos and start, you know, 
I guess, researching and analyzing what porn stars say. As I've said before, you know, when it comes to porn, porn is not realistic. Some of the things that they do that they act as if it is incredibly pleasurable or whatnot is definitely not pleasurable, you know, and not something that you would do, you know, normally in a relationship with, you know, with your partner. It's just, you know, some of it seems like it's there for certain fetishes, uh, porn is, you know, for certain fetishes uh, that are designed to seem like it's more of a situation where they're abusing the other person rather than focusing on developing, you know, the sexual relationship and mutual pleasure. So since you wouldn't use porn as a guide for having sex in the bedroom, or at least 95% of porn, now there's about that 5% category of porn in which it would be realistic and would be, you know, useful. But 95% of porn is definitely not where you want to be taking notes from or learning anything from uh, to use in the bedroom. You know, so, you know, don't use porn as a means of researching how to be clever or, you know, and why you would research porn to figure out how to be original is beyond me. But you need to be able to go through and just, you know, start getting out there, start getting conversationalist you know, uh, with your dirty talk. This is, you know, the bedroom, remember? This is not a place for you to be shy and for you to be all prim and proper. This is where you're supposed to be able to unleash yourself fully. I mean, you're already getting naked and you're already doing the nasty. So why are you concerned with what the person might think about you know, you using the word cock or the word pussy or, you know, any of those words are describing what it is that you want. You're bumping uglies, remember? So you need to be able to be out of your shell, out of your uh, cocoon. And remember, as with everything else, practice makes perfect. The more you start engaging and being dirty-minded, you know, dirty talk in the bedroom, just like the more you engage in bondage and role-playing, the more natural it will feel and become to you. The more, you know, you'll just think of it as a normal part of your sexual life. And the more that it becomes, you know, a natural part of your sexual life, the more that it will just come natural to you, to the point where you're not even thinking about what it is you're saying or what it is you know, you're doing, you know, you're just able to do it as a natural flow, right? And so when we go through and we take a look at all of this, right, when you start getting into bondage and using bondage sets, when you start dressing up as a cheerleader, a convicted convict, uh, you know, a naughty nurse or a dirty secretary, you know, dirty talking just as well is going to be uncomfortable at first. But as you know, the very first time you had sex, it was uncomfortable. That time when you lost your virginity, just the idea of stripping naked and allowing, you know, the person to have sex with you, that felt uncomfortable, unnatural, uneasy. You didn't have any confidence in yourself. And now look at you. 
you're able to go into the bedroom with your partner, strip naked without a second thought, get on that bed, you know, get on top, lay down and let him be on top. All of that, it became normal for you. It became something that was just, you know, part of your relationship that you didn't even have to think about. Same thing here. Dirty talk, bondage, role-playing. At first, it's going to be uncomfortable. Then it becomes a normal, natural part, and you don't think about it. I mean, going back to your first time, you were thinking about every last thing that you did. You were thinking about every last second of your clothes being taken off, every last second of that first penetration, you know, and every last second of your first time analyzing every movement, every feeling, every sensation. But that's not the case anymore. And you're not going to think about, you know, it being awkward to be tied up. You're not going to think about it being awkward to tell him, you know, that you love the way his cock feels inside your pussy and, you know, that special move that he does or, you know, using those words to tell him what you want to do. and. You'll definitely, you know, be, uh, think of it as normal, you know, after the first few times to go, oh, yeah, come in my pussy, come in my pussy. It all becomes natural. It all becomes, you know, just routine. Now, I get it. You're listening to the show and you're trying to break up the routine and add spice to your life. But as we go through here, everything becomes routine. When you do it enough, it's just a matter of having enough different routines to keep the variety going so that it's not, you know, a rut. It's not the same thing every time. It's not, you know, you go into the bedroom, strip naked, lay down, he get on top of you, wham, bam, you know, however much longer later, you both get off, roll over and go to sleep, right? You don't want that type of routine, but going through and maybe, you know, having a schedule, hey, on this night, we do bondage. On this night, you know, we do role playing. On this night, you know, we do XXX, right? Pick your thing. And it doesn't have to be a weekly schedule where every week you're doing bondage. It could be, you know, on a monthly schedule, you know, um, like the fifth of every month, we do X or, you know, the first week of every month we do you know whatever right you get into that and you keep a rotation of everything but in every rotation dirty talk is going to be the one thing that will be consistent throughout every time you know because dirty talk is really just you communicating right and you communicating what it is you want what it is you like the only thing that makes it dirty is the words that you use because you're not filtering it for a PG audience. You're not filtering it for societal acceptance, right? You're being blunt, vulgar, and to the point. And when you do that, there is excitement in it. There's always excitement anytime you feel like what you're doing is naughty. You know, it's the reason why sex was always so much more exciting 
when you were a teenager, sneaking around behind your parents' back, because it always feels naughty, and naughty always feels exciting. And that's what we get at here, you know, is trying to keep that excitement going, keep that, ooh, rah, rah, I can't wait until the next time. You know, it's not just pleasure, it's the adrenaline. You know, it's the fun. You know, no one wants it to be boring. Right? But dirty talk, whether you're going in bondage. Now, I guess, you know, if you have a gag ball, you know, going on, you can't really talk a whole lot. But short of having a gag ball, you can go through and talk dirty in every situation. Well, I guess, except for gag ball and master slave, right? Now, even in master slave, you know, uh, role playing, there's still opportunity to do some dirty talking, uh, depending on what your orders are or whether you're the one in control. And there should always be a rotation in master and slave where you rotate who's the master, who's the slave, so that you both get to have fun on both sides. And so dirty talking is always going to be part of the mix, is always going to be, you know, part of that night's festivities or during the middle of the day or, you know, during text messaging. There is no reason, you know, whatsoever for you to be shy or feeling embarrassed around your partner, especially if you've been together for quite some time, you know, and communicating, you know, things sexually. I mean, if you're going through and, you know, you've been married for a while and you have a couple of kids and you're still shy in the bedroom, that's a problem. That is a problem that you need to figure out how to get over. You know, you should be a wild, confident beast in the bedroom, clearly talking about what you want. So now what I want you to do is pick a time, right? Pick a night. You know, communicate uh, with your partner. Pick a night in which you're going to get into bondage, in which you're going to either try bondage for the first time or, you know, re-add it into your mix, your rotation. Get together, you know, get, you know, some a blindfold and some straps uh, to be tied down with. You know, pick a time uh, to do that. And pick a time to also get into the role playing. You know, go ahead, put it on saying, hey, on this night, I want you to tie me down while I'm dressed as as a criminal, right? I want you to act like you're the prison guard. You're going to tie me down and yada, 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 right? You know, you go through and then you add in your dirty talk. I mean, if you go up to him and go, hey, you know what? I want your cock in my pussy while you're, while I'm tied down. You know, you want to figure out a way to get his attention and jolt him out of whatever else it is he was doing at the time. Going through, adding that dirty talk and t- talking about the bondage and the dress up, he'll get excited. He'll start planning right away some of the things uh, that he wants to do. And this will add excitement into the relationship if you're not already doing this. And yes, we've discussed this is going to be uncomfortable at first. You know, so this is why having clear and concise communication about hard nose and off limits is going to, you know, be 
uh, better for you to do uh, and help it to be a more pleasurable experience. Now, don't, you know, feel, you know, like if you break character and break down laughing, you know, that it's going to ruin the night. No, no, no. I mean, it's okay. You know, at first, if you break down and start laughing, break character, you know, and, you know, all of that, just take a moment to regroup and get back into it. All right. And remember, you know, when we talk about relationships and especially sex in the relationship, you should be willing to try everything at least three times, especially with your spouse, everything every sexual act that you can come up with, every sexual act that is thought of or thrown out there, you should be willing to try it three times before deciding whether or not you like it, before deciding whether or not it's going to be a regular part of your sex life, or after three times, then you can say, no, I really don't like this, not going to happen anymore, right? But always give it that three times before you make a decision, yes or no, going forward, you know, and being willing to experiment like that is going to open up a lot of sexual pleasure for you. It's going to open up a lot in your relationship because you're willing to do that experimentation and your willingness to do experimentations in the bedroom leads to a willingness to do things outside of the bedroom, things that you don't normally do, things that will break up the routine, discover new things, add some fun and excitement back into your relationship. All right, thank you so much uh, for your time and attention and listening to this episode. Hey, I want to go through and mention that if you take a look at the show notes, Uh, Down below, you'll see some recommendations for getting started in uh, bondage, uh, some wife's uh, recommendations. You'll also see a link to a book, you know, and that book, you know, of course, it's a blank book, but it's basically a good gag book. It's uh, entitled Man's Collective Knowledge of the Female Mind, and it's, you know, blank. So hopefully you get the joke there. And Valentine's Day is around the corner. It's going to be in 14, 15 days, uh, depending on when you're listening to this. So that would be a good time to go ahead and check out the store at sexmancers.com. You know, and then you can check out the store for T-shirts, long sleeves, hoodies, hats, mugs, all of that. Uh, there's a good one on there that uh, for Valentine's Day. That states, if you need a holiday for her to touch you, it's already over. I think that would be a nice, funny shirt uh, for you to go through and wear, uh, whether it's out in public or just as a shirt to lounge around the house in. You know, it's uh, that shirt and many more uh, that you can pick up uh, at the store. You know, so go ahead and go to the website, check it out. Thank you so much for listening. And I will be back again soon.